It's of course sad and distressing to see the, the conflict rising in the Middle East. Of course, nothing new is it. When you look back and you see the, the history of God's people, people who occupied that land really, the people Israel that is, way back long ago, I believe 4,000 years when Abraham first arrived. And there's always been conflict, not just in Israel, but really a, across the world. And the question of who's in charge and who is the ruler as nations wage warfare. And even the land where God put his name so long ago, there still is conflict. But then again, who is in charge? We know God is in charge. We know he's ruling over all the nations. We know the Lord scoffs at the rulers who rise up against him and he holds all authority. But still, the scriptures remind us that there are also others he puts in charge. And today we'll look at what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 13 as he answers that question, just who is in charge here? And we'll see that as we look at God's word, he calls us to submit to those in authority. As we, as we look at what Paul writes to the Roman Christians, you, you see him say several times, almost half a dozen times up to this point to the, the Roman believers who are in the heart of the Roman Empire, Christ has set you free. But of course, Paul's not talking about freedom from their authorities. He's, he's talking about freedom from sin. He's talking about freedom from the curse of sin, freedom to serve God and to live under him and his kingdom. And what Paul wants to make clear as he begins now to close out his letter is the Christian's freedom does not mean they are free from being subjugated to others or under the authority of others. Some Christians find this hard to accept or to fully follow, especially when conflicts arise. But here we find direction in Romans 13 regarding who is in charge. Paul says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Notice this is all-encompassing. Everyone. It, it means even, yes, the, the Christian who thinks he's got things figured out and, and believes the authorities are making foolish decisions. They still, the, though despite their wisdom, despite their calling as disciples of Christ, they are part of everyone. And Paul writes to the believers and tells them, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. That includes every Christian. And as he goes on, some Christians might say, well, every authority? Are we supposed to be subject? I know everyone is supposed to be subject to the authority, but every authority? What about the tyrannical or dictatorships or those that seem to take hold and they're just not an authority you want to be subject to? What about those authorities? Don't we have the right to, to rebel and to resist and turn aside from those types of authorities? If you worship the American ideal, and the founding of our nation. But if you worship the Lord, he says, there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Even the authorities that are doing ungodly things, the authorities that exist are established by God. When the Hebrew people were enslaved in Egypt, God did not call on them to rise up and overthrow the Pharaoh. Even as the Pharaoh was so ungodly, he called on the people to commit abortion, infanticide, infanticide, and to kill their children. Still, 
The people, the Hebrew people, did not call for an overthrow and rebellion to overturn the authority of the Pharaoh. And yes, they, they resisted. The midwives did not obey the godless, immoral law, but they still were subject to the authorities. And even when God would have the people come out of Egypt, he had Moses approach the authority to request that the people might go. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Even as David found himself pursued by the king of Israel, David would not lift a hand to overthrow the king, but said, he is the Lord's anointed. God put him there. God would deal with it. And David made himself as far as it was possible subject to the king. We see time and time again, like we read earlier, Daniel and his companions in exile under the Babylonians, not seeking to undermine or disrespect authority, but to respect, honor, and submit to authority. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. So why do we have such a situation? Aren't we as Christians free? Don't we have God as our king? God gives the authorities for a purpose, a good purpose. As you read on in Paul's description here, he says, maybe you caught it, three times, they are God's servant. The authorities that exist are servants of God. They are God's servant. God has given authority for a purpose, and he says here, for your good. I think we can probably reflect maybe in recent times in our society, and see how true that is. In places where people have decided to defund the authority of the police or decided that as the authority of the governor, they're going to relinquish their authority and not exercise the right to punish the wrongdoer, we've seen what happens. We've seen how places where the authorities are not respected or where the authorities set aside their role where lawlessness takes over and people are afraid to travel in those places and they hear of the reports of lawlessness. Authority is there for our good in a sinful world. God delegates the sword, he says here, the, the authority to punish the wrongdoer to the governing authorities. They're there for our good. And we know this, and yet, as we hear that they are God's servant, we always treat them as such. You know, when you, when you look at what Paul writes here about the authorities, do you see this as uh, an excuse to take up your cause and to despise authority and to speak against authority because you have a Christian idea that the authority isn't upholding? Or do you rather see this section here as cause to very carefully, as far as it's possible, even if it's not comfortable, even if it's difficult, to subjugate yourself, to submit in every way possible to the governing authorities. Which of those two should a Christian be falling on? Should they be seen as those who will go as far as it's possible to follow the laws of the land, or those who always try to resist? Maybe we, as we examine the way that we've treated authority or responded to it, we recognize Paul speaking to Christians who need to remind themselves there is an authority over us besides our God. He's given the governing authorities for our good. And to rebel against them is to rebel against God's servant, is to despise the servant that God gave you. 
And then Paul goes on to describe just how far we are to obey authority. He says, Or the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. How ought a Christian to speak about their commander-in-chief, their governor, or those placed over them in authority? Does a Christian have the right to mock or to insult those in authority simply because they disagree or find that they're doing something that is not quite in line with what God says? Or rather, do they owe to their governor, their commander-in-chief, whoever is in authority over them, honor and respect? Now, this is not something that Jesus' disciples wanted to do, and it's not something the church has always wanted to do. The sinful nature never likes to have someone in charge over them. But God has blessed us with authority. What we see is the disciples struggled as the leaders of the people and the chief priests came and they they came with swords and clubs to Jesus to arrest him. And they drew their swords and said, Lord, shall we fight with our swords? And Jesus told them to put their swords away and subjugated himself to that authority. And when our Lord stood before Pilate, Pilate said, Don't you know I have the authority to have you set free or to crucify you? Jesus didn't say, No, you don't. Jesus said, You would not have that authority if it weren't given to you from above. Even the man who sentenced Jesus unjustly to death had been given that authority from the Father. And our Lord acknowledged that. Our Lord, who allowed himself to be bound, to be beaten, to be hung on a cross by the authorities of this world, calls on us to be subject to those authorities. Because he has not overthrown the powers of this world. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. This world is under the sway of evil, the curse of sin, and the power of the devil. But Jesus has overthrown those authorities. And he, with his authority, chose to send his son who subjected himself in our place under the authorities and who by his suffering and by his death set us free, free from fear of the one in authority, free from wondering if we ought to serve, but rather serving our God, we serve the governing authorities. This is what we know. Our king lives and rules, and he tells us that all authority has been given to me. Not go and rebel, go and make disciples. Pulling people out of the authority of the kingdom of the devil and Satan to my kingdom. Preach the good news to every nation making disciples. Teach and baptize. Set people free from slavery. And yes, submit to the governing authorities in the meanwhile. Because someday our king is coming back. Listen to what we read about that king as he returns to this world and he deals with the unjust authorities that we now submit to. We read in Revelation 19, I saw heaven open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. 
His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. One day our King will come back. And all the injustices that were done in this world by the godless authorities, they will be held accountable. But until then, our King sends us authorities for which we are to submit. The Apostle Paul, Peter, many other Christians would be put to death at the hands of the authorities not long after Paul wrote this. But Paul didn't call on them to rebel. Paul simply called on them to preach the gospel submitting to the authority, trusting that their kingdom is of another kingdom, so that like Abraham, our spiritual forefather, we can say we are longing for a better country, a heavenly one, which God has prepared for those who trust in him. And in the meantime, don't put your trust in princes. Submit to them as God calls you to, but put your trust in the King of Kings will one day make all things right and the whole world will see just who who is in charge until then submit to the authorities as god's servant and serve the king amen <laughs> <laughs>